listener. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends do a deep breakdown of a new romance novel each week. Today, we had the pleasure of reading another listener recommendation, Love Hacked by Penny Reed. Thank you so much, Rashmi, for introducing us to the incredible world of the Knitting in the City series. We are officially hooked. We all have ranging interests, so if craft beer and indie music are parts of your Venn diagram of love, check out our pal Dustin's podcast, Drunken Lullabies. He's doing excellent work over there. But now, let's head to Chicago for a novel that treats us with butter chicken, Star Wars puns, and some hot clandestine dating. Okay, hi, Erin. How are you? Good, Mel. Why are you using your bedroom voice? I know. Hello, I'm, Melody. Oh. Is that my bed? Oh, God, that sounded like a deeper Kathleen Turner situation. You know what? It worked I don't know if for I have me. One. It worked it? for me. Okay, good. Yep. Hello, Melody. Oh. How are you today? <laughs> You're hitting me in oh. all my good spots, Erin. Oh, good. Um, No, I'm good. Okay, so have you ever gotten... Do you ever get in places where, like something just plays on repeat in your head in the background yeah okay yesterday that song grace kelly played my head for roughly eight hours i don't think i know what that song is yeah you would but i can't sing it because of me yeah fair you would you would know it if you heard it anyway sure what's up what's playing in your brain it's gonna be weird isn't it (laughs) (laughs) what me Uh uh-huh okay let me give you a little look into the brain of Melody Carlisle sometimes because I I get random ass things that just seed in my brain and then even if I'm thinking about other stuff I can just like hear it going right it's interesting that you use the word seed because sometimes apparently it's literally seeds that get in there and you can't stop thinking about particularly <laughs> rye Caraway seeds. seeds. Yeah, I learned they're not rye seeds. One of our amazing listeners let me know they're actually called caraway seeds. The romance librarian. Yeah, the romance librarian. Instagram. She's wonderful. She has so many good socks. It's really, um, <laughs> it's, I'm jealous. Okay, so, but here's the other complication. You know that I have a Swiss cheese memory. Yes. Like, it is uh, not not the can, best. Can I say an example of that? Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the example this week? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> so the other day, <laughs> so the other day I, I was like... couldn't sleep. And I called Erin at 1.30 in the morning my time <laughs> because I knew she would be the only friend that was up. <laughs> and I love her. So I called her to be like, hi, my life is like this. And um, how are you? <laughs> so go ahead, Erin. I don't remember how it came up, but we were talking about, I don't even remember. I, I said something about this fight. It wasn't even a fight, but like just a a, ba- a rough friend patch we had like t- two years ago. We had it so, right in my postpartum how, period. Yeah. Because how old I is Ember? <laughs> he is 21 months old. That's not and a, that's not a year. Like do it in years. Like what is I'm wrong sorry, with you people? The rest of almost, the population does years <laughs> except oh for mothers who have children under 3. Like what is the problem? Anyway. Because okay, because an 18-month-old is vastly different from 
a 14-month-old, which is vastly different from a 21-month-old, and that's vastly different than a 2-year-old. It's the terminology, Mel, because 18-month-old is four syllables. So is year and a half. Like, I don't (laughs) – it's not shorthand. It's just a weird thing moms do. I don't get it. No, it's to to tell people the developmental stage he's in. So this was right after my postpartum. This was in my postpartum period, uh, which yeah, was so like April ago. of 20, uh, 2016. Whatever. Yeah. So I brought up this fight that we had in like a joking manner. I'm like, because remember <laughs> this thing? And you're like, no, I, I was don't. Like, what? Like, that was what the happened? last like huge thing we had where we both cried and we're like, I do love you. I'm no, so we are friends. We just love being friends, <laughs> but I've been a terrible friend and I'm so sorry. And you were like, what? What was it about? And I re- I had to rehash the whole thing to you over the phone while you were just like, no, I, like, I don't remember then, that at all. And then I'm sitting there going, Aaron, I'm so sorry. We and did she, it again. And she was like, we can't, We should not be doing this again. We've done we this. We worked it out. Two years ago. <laughs> we are back and better than ever. <laughs> so that's that's what being my friend is like sometimes. I have no memory. So living in my brain, on the other hand, can be a, a, a really just a joy ride. Because for the past three days, I've had a phrase stuck in my head. Here's the Here's the issue, though. When I was a junior in high school, my English teacher asked us to choose a section of Macbeth to memorize and do in front of the class. And I knew uh-huh. everybody was going to do the three three witchy sisters situation. Mm-hmm. So I chose one of the the Lady Macbeth monologues. And now I can't I can't really remember it. So the past 3 days, the phrase that has been rolling around in my brain just in the background is Gloms thou art and Cador, and shalt be what thou art promised. And I took the road less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. What? <laughs> Melody. <laughs> There's somebody out there that identifies with this. It's just not me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure that there's a listener that's like, yes, I know that. I understand that passage. I know all those words. I also put weird literature together and repeat it in my head for days. But it's just not me. So, like, maybe you'll make a new friend. We'll get, like, a Twitter something something that's like, me too. I mean, mean, honestly, like, how does it happen? (laughs) But, like, what do you think it means? Like, have you put it in your dream journal? Because, like, what do you think it, like, means for your life? I'm so glad I'm not in yoga school anymore. (laughs) So that's what's new with me. (sighs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything new with me. I don't think. Here's the thing. I'm going to say that that's a really good thing because the the best case scenario as far as like engagement and marriage is concerned is that everything is the same except excitement about the newest, you know, stage in your relationship just makes the sex hotter. So I'm glad that nothing's really new <laughs> with you. Yeah, nothing's nothing's new. And I'm glad there's nothing new because all of my friends, everything new with them is a fucking nightmare, it seems like. So I'm just glad <laughs> nothing's new with me right now. So I do have a few things to say about this book. Oh, yes, please. So this week we read Love Hacked by Penny Reed, and it was recommended to us by Rashmi. Mm-hmm. 
And she sent us, it was kind of cute because she gave us a five-star review, but I don't think she wrote a review. She just, she gave us a five-star review, then went over to Facebook and sent us a message and was like, hey guys, I just gave you a five-star review. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. So, and then she was telling us about this book and uh, Penny Reed and how much she loves her. And we went back and forth a few times and she told us about the sharks. Hey sharks. Oh my God. Good morning. Good oh, morning. Hi sharks. sharks. Can I just say sharks? Um, since I have found you, I am so happy. Like you have made <laughs> my online life so, so much better. Yeah. Even when I'm not like commenting and interacting, just like being a stalker in that group is the fucking best like mm-hmm. penny reed has brought together some really really incredible people who mm-hmm. are excited about life and who are excited about being weird and who will ask like intimate questions and update each other on actual things that are going on in their lives like it's so cool it's beautiful and there's there's no shitty people in it which no, is great there are For those of you don't people. know this is a facebook group that are the fans of this author penny mm-hmm. reed that i did not know about this group and we both immediately joined when rashmi told us to and we did not regret it and i told i said to rashmi i've never heard of this author and that ended up not being true because once i got into it i realized i read one of her rugby books a long time ago Mm. I just um, didn't remember the name of it. I remember liking that book. I, it's just been so long. But anyway, so Rashmi wanted us to read Love Hacked, which is the third it's, book in the knitting. Yeah, the fourth? Knitting in the City series. I think yeah. it's the third book. So Penny Reed has a series of, it's like seven friends maybe. You know what? I said I was going to take great notes on this one, and I clearly didn't. But yeah. they're like seven friends. They're all in Chicago. They are in like a knitting circle, and she's written a book about each of them. I think the last one is is coming out soon here. So this is not the first one in the series, but um, according to Rashmi, and I believe her, you don't have to read them in order. But I want to say this. Uh-oh. Hey, guys. If you and I had just started reading this on our own like you had found it on the internet or through social media and you yeah. were like Aaron I'd really like to read this book Love Hacked and I got to about the midway point I mm. probably would have called you and said hey Mel I don't think we can read this one this one's a little close to home I don't know if I'm it's going to be like appropriate for me to talk about it on the podcast yeah. so mm-hmm. here's what I need to say guys you know me, Mel. A few of the listeners know me, know what I do for work generally. No opinions on this podcast are the opinions of the federal government or <laughs> the opinions of any such agency that I have worked with that may be featured prominently in mm-hmm. this book. And no agency that I've worked for or with has anything to do with my opinions on this book. And none of my opinions on this book are drawn from any kind of work experiences. They are only drawn from my experiences as a romance reader. So if I'm like, oh, my God, they should have done this. That has nothing to do with the federal government. It's just me reading a book. All right. So that's thing number one. Mm -hmm. Thing number two is I wanted to like Alex Green a lot. Didn't you? Yeah. But coming from my biases and, and perspective, I, it was just difficult for me because he ticked two of my, like, I cannot get behind you boxes. And those are, number one, extreme jealousy, which we've talked about yep. in the first episode. And number two, uh, willfully or recklessly compromising the national security of the United States. Like, Correct. that's a big thing for me that I cannot. <laughs> it's difficult for me to get over. So 
when we were doing this, so this is thing three. Thing three. We had an extra week because we didn't record. We were going to record two books in one week, and then we ended up not doing this one, so we had like a kind of a week off. And so during that week, I was like, I'm going to read another Penny Read book because I really like the writing, and I, I really like Sandra a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read the next one in the ending in the series, in the city series, um, which is also the first, arguably book in the Winston Brothers series, which Mm -hmm. is Beauty and the Mustache. You guys. We will. Okay, I'm going to just go on the record here. We're going to either be doing a Winston Brothers or this Beauty and the Mustache thing because I also started Beauty and the Mustache because Aaron was like, hey, Mel, you're having, you're still, you're still in the thick of some awful. If you want to just giggle and be like happy, read this book. Beauty and the Mustache is definitely top three romance novels I've ever read. Of all time? Yeah. Okay, we're definitely doing that one. Yeah. I I loved it so much. I don't want to say it's like the best because I just, you know, I'm still in the afterglow. I hear you. But like, I hear you. Hmm. I, sharks, like I, Rashmi, why didn't you give us that one? Like I was just like, oh, I want to talk about this book with everybody I know. So I just want to say my, my, my problems with this book are probably uh, just me, what I bring to the table. And I just, I love Penny Reed and I loved that book and I can't wait to read all the Winston Brothers and all uh-huh. the Knitting in the City series, except for Fiona's. I will not read her books and we will get into why. I'm sorry. Oh my God. You know what? I have a totally uh, different, I have a, the totally opposite opinion on that one. Because I was going through to to choose, like, am I going to read Beauty and the Mustache or am I going to read a different Knitting in the City series? Because I was thinking about reading um, Elizabeth and uh, um, her husband's book. Because, you know, we met we met Elizabeth and her husband while reading Love Hacked. And I really, really liked them just, you know, on premise. And uh, so I was going through everything and I am absolutely going to read Fiona's. Because it comes from a perspective that I think is underrepresented in the romance world. And that is already married people finding each other again, figuring out what they love about each other or finding something out about the other person or starting in a bad place and reconnecting and and mending fences. I think that especially, I, I don't know, I think there should be way more books about this because as a married person now... There's only so many times that I can be like, mm, they're 25 and like, like they're just, they're just starting out in the world and they're yeah. conquering their childhood demons. Like that's not where I'm at in my life at the moment. And so I am so excited for Fiona's book because bitch is married and it is a romance novel about her and her husband. Reconnecting. Reconnecting. Which I think is important. I like that. I like that. But you hate Fiona. It. I know. I the, can't the wait to problem, find out why you hate Fiona. I can't can wait. Can you not? I like, can't wait. I just. <sighs> I'm so excited about finding out why. All right. Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay. All right. Are you All ready right, to so, get into this? Love hacked. Here's love the things hacked. I love Penny about Reed. this heroine. Sandra. Everything. Is, I love I just, everything. I love every fucking thing about her. I kind of wish that I was in her skin. So, Sandra, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. You just said that, something. <laughs> that could have been the murderino in me just looked at myself and was like, girl, that is a frightening thing to say out loud. Melody, you realize that means you're the fan of a podcast, not a murderer. Like, I think what you meant to say was the murderer in me. No, 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 the murderino in me. <laughs> the person who's Wearing obsessed with uh death and murder and the general macabre and finding the the hilariousness in all those things 
So you that's, want that's to the skin her and wear her skin? No, no, no. What I'm saying is the murderino in me looked at myself and I was like, oh, that phrasing could be very different from what you were actually oh, thinking. I get, I got you. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. So. We'll clean this up in post. Don't worry about it. You know what? That's probably going to stay the same. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> okay. So here are the things I love about Sandra. She is a child psychiatrist at a hospital. And uh, what I love about her is that she, two things. One is she is a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and two, one of her sort of hobbies is making t-shirts that are appropriate for each occasion. But they're usually off the wall and or punny, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. So, for example, at one point in this book, they're at a bar and the bartender calls her a thermos because she's got this like tight sweater dress on and she's got, you know, leggings and boots and all the things. And she's like, what the hell is a thermos? I like, I hope that's a good thing. And Alex looks at her and says, yeah, it means that you're really hot, but you're all bottled up. And she looks around at the women around her who are in like, you know, booby dresses and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Alex, why didn't you tell me? I have a shirt for this. <laughs> She's like, no, you don't. No. She goes, yes, I do. It's a tank top that's ripped at the midsection. And it says, ask me about my daddy issues. <laughs> like, yeah, she's. It's perfect. She's hilarious and delightfully weird. So and good. Let me tell you, she features prominently in Beauty and the Mustache. And it is even better to be outside of her head mm. and hear the random sexually explicit comments that come out of her mouth than <laughs> it is to be inside her head and kind of get the build up and the explanation of them. Cause mm-hmm. she just says stuff that's like, just, I mean, just, just great. Just, she's great. I really liked her. And then we have Alex green, a mysterious man of mystery waiter at an Indian restaurant. We'll get into it. Okay. So, so we, o- the book opens up. She is at her twice a month, Friday night date night. She mm-hmm. always brings her dates to this one Indian restaurant that's a couple of blocks away from her apartment building. And she's really excited about today because her horoscope told her, oh, each each chapter opens up on her horoscope for the day, which makes me so fucking happy. And she's bought this new red dress because she has a really, really good feeling about this guy that she asked out at a Cubs game, which also I love the fact that she's a baseball fan. Like this woman is just she's I, great. I just feel like we're the same person in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So the date arrives. One of my favorite things ever like a description in a romance novel so far is uh, as he says something kind of dumb to her she looks at this guy and it says my left eyebrow arched all on its own (laughs) Mm. and boy howdy have i been there as a person with a very expressive face um i'm looking forward to it now that i have eyebrows oh yeah see what happens with them yeah get it the first line of the book is, he was bald in a way that made me think of both melons and sex, uh, <laughs> to describe this date. And if you read uh, Penny Reed's Q&A in the back of the book, that was a prompt given to her by another author, which I really like. Ooh! Yeah. In this date, uh, Sandra says, I laughed with him and scrunched my nose, but I didn't know why we were laughing. This often happened to me, people finding me funny for no reason I could discern. Therefore, I'd learned long ago just to smile and nod and continue to speak with sincerity. Uh-huh. But this usually made them laugh even more. I feel like we've been there, both of oh. us. Oh, yeah, God. For probably different 
reasons. So, but so many times. Yeah, I really like Sandra. Very, very shortly after that, um, it says, I felt like a skittish rabbit. This was noteworthy, as I usually felt like an optimistic octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Okay. So okay, so then she delves into Oh, his, wait, wait, so- wait. Here's, wait, sorry, one more thing, because mm-hmm. she's so good. Sandra is just like the lady of my dreams, almost. He says something stupid to her. And she goes, he might as well have accused me of being a traitor or a murderer or a Kardashian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's great. So she brings all her dates to this Indian restaurant. And then usually sometime during the course of the date, they will start crying. Usually before the entree arrives. Right. And then she will have to kind of like gently lead them out of the restaurant. She usually gives them a card for a friend psychiatrist, an adult psychiatrist that she knows. (laughs) And then she goes back and enjoys her butter chicken alone. Yes. because This motherfucker attempts to order for her. Which I do not. So first of all, he calls himself a student of the grape, which I just want to punch people in the face. And then um, because he he tries to order for her because he wants to pair the wine with the meal. Watch me kick you right in the nards. So (laughs) he starts crying like all the rest of them do because it's him going, you're so easy to talk to and you remind me of someone. She's like, let me guess. Is it? a sister or i don't know your mother (laughs) and then he starts he starts telling her all about his childhood and what was wrong with it and blah and then he's just crying but as this happens her waiter comes over Uh, yeah please do Aaron. here we are okay (laughs) oh my god wait it's so long just give me a sec to find a good starting place I'm all about it. Okay, here we go. Ah, Alex the waiter. Mm. Alex the waiter was on my spank naughty list in third place right after Henry Cavill, the actor, and then Henry Cavill, the Superman. Is it Cavill or Cavill? I don't know. It's Cavill. And um, she's only wrong about Henry Cavill in Superman. She's only wrong about that. I think she's wrong both ways, but I have a very specific type. Okay. You do. Right, Right after him. Okay. He was proof that God existed and that God loves straight women. As usual, he was looking at me with thoughtful, deep-set indigo eyes behind black horn-rimmed glasses. As usual, his mouth was curved into a small, fleeting smile. As usual, he stood at the edge of the booth, six foot three, hovering, angular, lissome specimen of pure manhood. His strong jaw, dusted with black stubble, was marred by a deep, irregular scar that ran from the center of his bottom lip at a jagged slant on one side of his chin. He had a slightly crooked nose, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this goes on. And you know what? I was into it. I reread it. I was all about it. All right. As usual, he was dressed in black. If you went for rough edges, chip Mm -hmm. on the shoulder, Mm -hmm. effortly sensual, Mm -hmm. young, dangerous, and Mm -hmm. and the build of an Olympic swimmer, which I usually did not, he he fit the bill and caught the fish hook, line, and sinker. Sexy. I'm basically so a carp at this point. I'm a yeah, carp. Yeah, and then you get kind of like an idea of like how Sandra, like what her voice is. It's very specific and very delightful. I just, I just love it. This reminded me of a personal story. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear a personal story. Have I ever told you about Tonku? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So there's a man named Tonku. Hey, Tonku, if you're listening. He's not. He's not listening. Uh, who is a waiter slash bartender at a place in D.C. that my friend and I used to go a lot. And we would just go and look at Tonku. 
<laughs> he was like maybe a Pacific Islander had like one like Did a he top have knot situation. He had yeah, he had everything. <laughs> he had like the like a man bun like right on the top of his head. He was just beautiful and mm-hmm. we would go there and just like look at tonku and then one night um we got a little drunk at tonku's place not his house i've never said anything to tonku besides like hi that's it <laughs> so we went to the restaurant got drunk went back to my place and like hung out for a while and then when i woke up in the morning Uh-oh. my friend my <laughs> friend had googled on her phone the last thing that was googled was where is tonku <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It gets better. The oh, last God. thing in my phone, I had put Tonku into Google Maps. Just the name Tonku. <laughs> oh, you were. <laughs> Y'all were hammered. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it didn't it didn't work out. <laughs> I never I never met this man outside of him just being a bartender. But Tonku, if you're out there, I'm taken now. I'm engaged. I'm sorry if you've been thinking about me this whole time. If, if your Google Maps says where is Aaron, I'm sorry it's over. Yeah, I can't anyway. believe you just broke up with Tonku. He's devastated. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we would just go and we'd sit there. He totally knew, too. And then just every once in a while, my friend would be like, when are you off work? And he'd be like, later. Like, and just walk away. Like, I'm, I'm, we're not hanging out. Like, it was, it was awkward. Anyway. Um, Tonku gets I, hit on so much. Yeah. Alex is her Tonku. So she goes to this restaurant. She purposefully goes to this restaurant all the time just to see Alex because he's so sexy. This, like, 21-year-old waiter that... Whoa, she's whoa, a whoa. Spoiler alert, Aaron. Oh, but Get she, your shit she, together. She knows he's a lot younger than her. She's, like, yeah, 30. And she's 28. Oh, that's like 30. Yeah. I just want everyone to be 30. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that I aged myself up the other day accidentally? I couldn't remember how old I was, and I could have sworn I was 31. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> okay, wait. So, all right. No, no, no. So, here's the thing. Alex comes over <laughs> as this guy is attempting to order for her, and she cannot stand it, right? And then Alex sort of just keeps standing there and looks at her and goes... So, oh, oh, he looks at her and he goes, butter chicken. And she nods. And he goes, Mm -hmm. should I cancel the rest? And she nods. (laughs) And then he leaves. So then the guy's like, what the hell? What's going on? And within hmm, seven minutes, he's sobbing. He's out the door. He's gone. He and his melon head, Mr. Honeydew, are off to therapy. And Sandra comes back to sit down and finish her butter chicken. And Alex is sitting at the table. Instead mm-hmm. of, you know, standing like he normally does. And right. he has an entree in front of him, too. Yeah. So he's decided he's going to have dinner with her. Yes. Tonku never did. Like, I, however many times I went to the bathroom, oh, he was never sitting God, there. I got back. He was just doing his work <laughs> job. It's his bullshit. dedication is not admirable. I know. Yeah. So he, she talks about, she talks about his voice a little bit. He's got a real good, sexy voice, which you know I love a voice. But she describes it as melodic, deep, soothing, slightly sandpapery, but with an irreverent, careless quality. It's nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're at the table now. And uh, he and he's like, what's your deal? Asking lady? her yeah, what her deal is. Because she brings all these men into his restaurant every Friday and they all leave crying. So she's like, are these job interviews? He's like, are these job interviews? Are these uh, like. He, he, are they he patients? Not, yeah. 
He does not for a sec believe that they're dates. Like he never even thought of the possibility that these have been dates. And he does kind of figure out that she's a psychiatrist, but she is, he assumes that these are her, her patients. Um, so they talk for a little bit. She oh, gets so a little she bit. She gets really tipsy. She gets a little tipsy, and then she yeah. gets really heated because she's like, "Oh, you think I'm doing this on purpose? Right? No, I have not been kissed." In two years. Now, excuse me, my red dress and I have to pee. So, mm-hmm. bye. And she goes to the bathroom. Right. And she's in there, like, trying to pull herself together. I want to say this first, though. She yeah. starts trying to ask him about his parents and stuff. Like, she starts oh, trying to do to him what she does to all these other guys. So, she's yeah. like, let's start with your parents. And he's like, yeah, we're not doing this. He's like, yeah, my parents were Romanian circus performers. And, like, yeah. goes off on this thing. And she's like, he, why are you lying to no. me? And yeah. he goes, because I'm not going to sob in front of you. Thanks. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't, exactly. don't try to shrink me like you have been your dates. Knock it off. I'm way too smart for this. So she right. goes to the bathroom and she's like, whatever, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> she's just like huffing away. Yeah. Um, and then when she comes out, she opens the door, turns the corner, and makes contact directly into Alex's. His broad Olympic swimmer chest. Just just hard, muscular chest. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Oh, and so he goes, two years is a really long time, and God fucking bless sandra she looks at him and she goes well yeah fettuccine noodles are too thick and he was like what in the world does that have anything to do with anything she's like you i thought we were giving opinions (laughs) (laughs) i love also when she stands up from the table you know when you're like you got drunk and you didn't realize it and you stand up oh the way she describes this is uh that she stood up and then inadvertently did a jazz square and she tried to remain (laughs) upright and it's like that was a perfect description that is exactly what happens i have been there so many times two of which have been at the russian vodka room uh (sighs) danger town danger town so he was it you who saw oksana bayul there or was that tanya that was not me i have not oh, okay, i don't sorry. even know what an oksana right. bayul looks like so oh, okay no right. but i did accidentally um tip a piano player about 300 of not my dollars <laughs> <laughs> because i thought i was tipping the opera singers that were with him i wasn't listener you've entered a long segment called <laughs> when aaron and melody drink <laughs> It's been going on for about 10 minutes, and we didn't know it. We didn't know it. Okay. So All then right. he kisses her soundly, uh, and then he, he pushes mm. her up into the, the corner of this alcove situation, and she talks about him towering over her and how his hands and lips and everything were everywhere. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. And then she, like, kisses him again, and she's like, just, just one more time, though, just once more, and, yeah. like, goes in again, and she's like, okay, but just, like, but one just like more. maybe, maybe I'm not <laughs> done. One more time. <laughs> and then after they thoroughly make out, he's like, "It's late," and she goes, "It's not that late." Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, "You should go," which she handles with the utmost grace, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know if I wouldn't have stomped my foot and uh, like demanded. <laughs> right. Right. After and two he's like, years, I don't know. He's all like, I'll get you a cab. Mm-hmm. Which... And she's like, I can walk. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll walk you home. No, he doesn't say that. Anyway. Yeah, he does. He does, he does say he'll walk her home. But she's like, it's only a couple blocks and mm-hmm. I'll just walk home. Um, 
remember this. Take a note. Put a little mm. bookmark right here in mm. I'll Get You a Cab, I'll Walk You Home, It's Not Far. Put a bookmark there. And that's the reason that I don't like Alex later. Okay, so. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Your brow is furrowed. Okay. So she I mean, leaves. I do that for other people. Like, like just people. So I don't know if that's <laughs> am I, a. Am I not a person? I don't understand. No, I, no, but I mean, like, I don't know. There was there were a lot of things about Alex that I also didn't like because jealousy and a knee jerk controlling reaction have never been attractive to me and are are usually immediate red flags that I that I run away from. Mm-hmm. But that was not that didn't do anything. My radar did not come up on that one. That just oh, seemed I, like a thing a person does. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll tell you about it. We'll, we'll get there. It's later in the book. All right, cool. So she so. leaves and she's like, thank you for lending me your lips. Um, Good I'll kiss. Thanks. Yep. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And he's like, a couple of weeks? And she's like, well, I'm going to have this another Friday night date. This is where I take date. my dates. Yeah. So. But the next time she actually does go to Her knitting group asks restaurant. to go there because, because they're it's amazing. Marie's birthday. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to go to the Indian restaurant for her birthday. She's running late, Sandra is, and she doesn't want to walk into – she knows all her girls are already there. She doesn't want to walk into the restaurant with Marie's gift because I think she didn't wrap it or something. No, she did. I don't know what the deal was. She didn't want to walk in. Really, I didn't really understand that part except for, like, not wanting her to know they brought her a gift. Like, I don't Maybe. Know. I don't know. But she gives it – she sees Alex in the alleyway outside, gives it to Alex, and – She's all like, um, you know, I owe you one, and he's just going to bring it to the table during the thing. And he's like, what do you owe me? When am I going to collect? Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I will tip you. And he goes, that's definitely not enough. And yeah. here's the, here's one of the things I love about Sandra. She doesn't play those silly games that a lot of straight heroines play in romance novels where they're like, I couldn't possibly know what he meant by that. (laughs) She's just like, okay, I don't really know where he's coming from because he kissed me and then he sent me home. Like he had the opportunity. Well, and now he's definitely flirting with me. Right. I I really just like that. Yeah, she's too smart for all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that all of Penny Reed's characters are too smart for all that bullshit. And I am here for it. Me too. I am so at the table. I will pull up all of the chairs for all of my friends. Yep. Yeah. So basically, here's what goes down that day. Marie, whose birthday it is, shows up outside the restaurant having an argument with a large bodybuilder sort of man. Because she's a freelance journalist who just did an article about how steroids will fuck with your man parts. Right. He's getting kind of intimidating and in her face. Um, he's like yelling at her. So Alex and Fiona rush outside. Fiona, one of the members of the the knitting group, kind of get into it. And um, and our girl, our Sandra, she yes, goes yes, out she too. And she grabs Marie too. and like holds her while all this is happening. Right. But Alex, Alex is really trying doesn't... to get in front of the big guy, just being like, you got to go, you got to go. But yeah. in a very like almost bored kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then Fiona steps in and she's like, no, I am a pint-sized woman and I'm going to tell you to, that you have to leave. Yep. And I think probably what she does is puts her heel into his foot and her knee into his groin and her hand into his throat and just yep. fells the guy in yeah. like three seconds. So- yeah, because he, he goes to like barrel through her to get to Marie because he's also already made gestures that he's going to pull out his penis and show everyone to, to show her how <laughs> impressive his man parts are. Right. Um, um, 
so, so he's Fiona just steps in like a ninja and it's great and also her book is is called ninja something or other yeah here's the thing guys Uh oh somebody turns to alex during this incident and says call the police oh yeah. alex says i, I don't, don't have, have a phone, a phone. <laughs> they say go use mr patel doesn't mr patel who's the owner of the restaurant doesn't he have a phone he says he has a phone but i don't use it all right <laughs> This is a segment we started last week during oh, yes. a deposition. We're going to continue on maybe several times during this episode. This is called Law and Order with Aaron. Dum-dum. If you meet a guy who does not have a phone and mm. refuses to use a phone, mm. you need to run, run the, fuck the fucking away. hills. Yep. Because he has committed a federal crime that is hopefully insider trading but probably not so mm. i don't want to go into what he probably did but it involves real gross stuff with kids if you ever meet a guy who can't touch a phone run for the fucking hills i was like no sandra no 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 oh yeah the end that's the end of that i was like i looked up from my kindle and my boyfriend was there and i was like hey david uh we have a romance hero who can't touch a phone and he's like nope <laughs> like, do not <laughs> Do not continue on with this guy. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's the end of my little. That's that's. I have a thing. No, Bum-bum. there were definitely there were definitely moments where my murderino was like, "Oh, this is bad. This is not good. Oh, we should not be internet doing stuff this. with kids. Get away from him." I just that's real life advice for you guys. Just putting it out there. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, that whole thing kind of wraps up. And she goes to the bathroom again. Yeah. He again corners her outside the bathroom and invites her over saying, hey, could you come over around like 11 o'clock tonight? Reveals to her that he actually lives in the apartment above the Indian restaurant. And she's like, oh, no, I can't tonight because my friend Kat, another member of the knitting group, is staying over tonight. I can't remember the reason why, but she is. Mm -hmm. So I can't come over. And he's like, oh, that sucks. Can we go on a date like later in the week? They set up, like, a little date instead. So she goes home and finds out that Kat's not staying for whatever reason. And so she's like, okay, well, I'll just go over there tonight then because I'm all horned up. So she puts on her red dress again, her little red dress that she got when he kissed her the first time and, like, gets all beautified and, like, walks over to the restaurant. And she sees him outside the restaurant arguing with a woman and I think they go back into his apartment after Not arguing, the argument. talking to. Like, yeah. they, there was no flailing of arms or anything. They were just talking, and then he ushered her into the, the restaurant. Right. But it was not like a good conversation that they were having. Right. Yeah. There was no hello kiss or anything Mm-mm. like that. So Sandra immediately assumes that when she turned him down, he immediately set up some other booty call to replace mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And she and here's another thing I love about Sandra. She does not give a shit. Doesn't dissuade her. No, nope. yeah, she She's does like, not great. care. This is awesome. We're not we're not even close to exclusive. I don't want him for a life partner. I keep telling myself that. He doesn't owe me a goddamn thing, including but not limited to an explanation. Uh, mm-hmm. great. All right, yeah. I bet I better go home. But it made her kind of curious. She was like yeah. she was like, "Ooh, he must be like, you know, I don't know, Mr. Sexy Times if he's like got all these women." That like piqued her interest actually. Yeah. So, fast forward to Thursday. <sighs> He's like, meet me outside of Chase Bank because I swooned. I swooned so hard at this I already Aaron. knew. I already knew. I he was like, we're going to go to the Chase Bank on Thursday uh-huh. night. And I was like, oh, my God, what is recorded live in the Chase Bank Auditorium? <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> and I was a little disappointed in Sandra that she didn't, didn't know what was going on. No. I'm like, come on, yeah. girl. 
You know what's up. You yeah. listen to NPR for sure. Oh, man. I swooned so hard. I know. Uh, yeah, I was I was into it. So he meets her in line. Okay, here's the other thing. There was no like meeting at the restaurant and going there. He was like, get in line outside of the Chase Bank downtown and mm-hmm. I'll and he just like joins her, which I'm not going to lie. It was weird. There was a lot about this date that I was also like, why? What are you doing? Okay. So he doesn't have a lot of social skills and he's very mysterious in ways that he doesn't even need to be. Well, in ways that I don't think he he doesn't mean to. Do you think so? I don't. Yeah, I, I think so. I think okay. there's a lot of him that's just like the opposite of a gregarious St. Bernard puppy while still being a puppy. Does that make sense? Fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they go in and she he helps her take off her coat because she's so stunned that he's chosen to take her to wait, wait, don't tell me. She feels like this is just peeling back another one of Alex's layers. Mm-hmm. And as he takes off her coat, um, he told her to wear the red dress. And she was like, we oui, it's Chicago in winter. Fuck mm-hmm. that noise. Also, men don't tell me what to wear. So yeah. she doesn't. Yeah, that was. Mm-hmm. So instead, she wears this titty-bouncing yeah. red halter top with, like, a, a, a good heart-shaped, um, sorry, I don't like heart-shaped things, um, <laughs> necklace. And so he takes off the coat, and he's, like, Mr. Stunned. And so then she starts making really terrible wait-wait-don't-tell-me jokes mm-hmm. because, and, like, the funny, the funny thing about the jokes to her is that they're terrible. And so he's not reacting to them. And so she just keeps going. And she's like, wait, wait, don't tell me you don't like my jokes. And he grabs her hand, (laughs) brings it across the seat and Mm. puts it onto what she refers to as a steel pipe in his pants. (laughs) And she's stunned, but she also doesn't pull her hand back. And he's like, I... I'm gonna need a minute like I am not gonna like the blood is not in my brain right now I am not capable of being charming and this is why and so as the show starts she's like Alex I need my hand back and he (laughs) immediately lets go of her which you know consent my the the consent boner she's just swirling her hand down pointing down to tell us that her boner is bonering her consent boner i'm just saying my consent boner twitched at that point okay (laughs) 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 okay so yeah they hold hands during the show it's nice he kisses her on the cheek in a way that's really cute but then when the show ends he looks at her and he's like there's a meet and greet afterwards. Meet me at this coffee shop. I'm going to go early to get a seats. Um, yeah. And then he just wraps his mystery cloak around him and disappears <laughs> in a puff of smoke. Like, it was real weird. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I imagined. Did you ever watch Darkwing Duck? <laughs> yes. You know when he exits a room with a flourish with his cape? Mm-hmm. That's what I imagined every time Alex did something unnecessarily mysterious. Do you know what, <laughs> do you know what I imagined? Darkwing Duck! You know, <laughs> you know what? Yours is so much better than mine. Let's just leave it there. But Fair. what I imagined was the chameleon from Monsters Inc. just fading into the, you know oh. the the, the, <laughs> yes. the chameleon that's so the bad guy just like turning into the background every time mm-hmm. he was done. Okay, so yeah. he's done. He's gonna go to a coffee shop and hold a seat there while she goes to the meet and greet. She just does that. She's just like, yeah, this checks out. Yeah, this is fine. And goes, here's 
the next thing where my murderino was like, you gotta go. You gotta go. Get out of here. Doesn't matter how hot he is. There are mm-hmm. other hot tankus in the world. There are so many tankus. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Or just real quick, bang it out in the bathroom and never <coughs> see him again. <laughs> if you need melody to scratch your itch. I'm sorry. Not everybody is a melody. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. For the melodies out there, bang it out in the bathroom. <laughs> but I do think out. that Sandra is one of us. Like, I do I think, think so. Yeah. All anyway. indications point to that. But the thing is, like, I don't think that he, she didn't really have the opportunity to bang it out with him. I know. He was, he wanted I think she a relationship have. from the beginning. Okay. So when she shows up, he immediately, without asking her, takes her purse, takes her phone out, nope. takes the battery out of her phone. Puts the battery in his pocket mm-hmm. and then takes her over to the table where he's already ordered her a drink. Mm-hmm. And my question to him was, or to myself and mostly to Sandra, was, first of all, how, if if you have only ever been to an Indian restaurant that doesn't have an espresso machine, how does he know that a soy latte is your drink? Mm-hmm. How does but he, he does. know that your that you value your sleep, and so at this point mm-hmm. in the night you would want decaf? Mm-hmm. How does he know any of those things? Like, oh yeah, because my, he's a teenage vampire. That's how he knows. You know what? He's basically a teenage vampire. He's okay. teenage vampiring her. So they talk, and okay. he tells also, her, mm. "Ladies, dum dum, Law and Order with Aaron." Um, yeah. If anyone takes the battery out of your phone, ever. Get the fuck out. Ever. You are now an accomplice to whatever the fuck is going on with this guy. Get the fuck out because you're going to end up in court someday and somebody's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. When you were at the coffee shop, did you take the battery out of your phone? And you're going to be like, oh, no, he took my purse and he took my phone and he took the battery and no one's going to fucking believe you. No one. So get out of there. Anyway. Get out of there. All right. So... (laughs) So they have this whole conversation where she's like, okay, if you're not going to tell me about your parents, tell me something. And so he's like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm not going to do that, but I will tell you three stories and you can tell me which one you like the best and which one you think is true, which I am also at this point, my, me and my clitoris would have just (laughs) been out the door because (laughs) I cannot handle all these games. These games are so much. I think I would have been sitting there going, "I, I know you're hot and I know that your voice sends lightning bolts straight to my doodah mm-hmm. but this is so hard mm-hmm. no just like tell me one thing do you like spaghetti you don't mm-hmm. want to tell me that go fuck yourself okay also he even says to her he's taking the battery out of her phone because the he's worried the nsa might be following him mm-hmm. oh and then he totally uh he totally cops to the fact that he left early from the show because he wanted to lose the nsa before she met up with him which that's not how that works. I don't think I have no experience in this, but just like my, uh, my I also have no idea parts. how that works. But you are correct about your common sense feelings about right. that. I also the guy you're with is not being followed by the NSA. Period. Yeah. The end. The guy no. you're with is a crazy person. Get the fuck out of the coffee shop. Right. The he end. he has a my note says tinfoil hat much. Uh huh. Yeah. He, there, there's just a lot about it that's um cray so he tells her three incredibly traumatic stories one is that he was attacked by a wolf one is that his alcoholic father cut his chin because she asked about the scar on his chin and the third is that he got in a fight with an older boy when he was eight 
and accidentally murdered the boy when they were fighting over a knife. I think he said his brother. Um, no, he didn't say brother. He said kid I lived with. Boy oh, okay. I lived with. So he's either got a real bad parent situation or he murdered somebody when he was eight or he got in a fight with a wolf are the three <laughs> stories. Mm-hmm. Run away. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Get out of here. Go. And also, like, it's such a power move to be like, oh, you want to know about my scar? I'll tell you three stories. I'm like, no, I'm not playing your game. I can't Get even. out of here. Get out. Mm. Um, so yeah, either says, get in or get out. Or get in and then get out. <laughs> get in, out, in, out, in, out, in, and out. And then out forever. <laughs> Bye. Out. <laughs> okay. And then this motherfucker walks her home without her telling him where she lives. Yes, like, he does. I... Mm-hmm. Sandra, my love. And and here's the other thing I love about Sandra is that she notices all these things. And throughout the whole novel, every creepy, weird thing he does, she, you can watch her notice it, decide and, and make a make a decision about it. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that insofar as she had full agency in the book at all times. Like she was making active decisions. Mm-hmm. which i mean i don't know if they were based on the fact that he that he wouldn't fuck her i mean because that's the other thing right we learn a little bit later on that he he's just not even gonna have sex with her which we will get into later mm-hmm. okay so the next time they see each other she decides to go get she thinks she's gonna be real cool and go get takeout at the indian restaurant and like dress up in a red basically do the trench coat thing where mm-hmm. she's got fishnets and heels and the red dress on and she's gonna go over there in the coat and but here's my like, next favorite thing about Sandra. She was going to go over like, you know, all gussied up. And then uh, uh, when she realized that it's Chicago in winter, she was like, yeah, okay, I will do my makeup and my hair. Oh, right. And I will wear I will wear crazy hose, like lace patterned hose and high heels. And then my pajamas. Yeah. She's like, well, the <laughs> coat's like- not coming off. She just wanted to go over there as like a little tease. And then so she goes, she goes to get her takeout. <laughs> In her sleep shorts and her nighty night shirt, <laughs> and he's not working, and she feels like an idiot, and just like no, gets no, her. No, butter. no, he, yeah, I he know. is just working. Suspense melody. Oh. So she goes in, she doesn't see him, she leaves. Oh, she goes and she's like harumph and like opens up her butter chicken, and then she finds a note in her butter chicken that's like, "Meet me back here at eleven fifteen. And she's like, "Ooh, all right, okay, I guess I'll change out of the t-shirt and shorts," you know. <laughs> So, so she puts her red dress back on. Yeah, this red dress is getting a lot of use. I hope it's not dry clean only because she's spending a fortune if that's the case. Maybe she's not a sweaty Betty. Okay, so she goes back over there in the red dress. She sees his apartment, which contains no electronics of any kind. Red <laughs> flag, red flag. <laughs> and, and lamps from like the 1970s. And tons and tons and tons of books about economics and world politics. And I just, he's a terrorist. Get out he, of there, he's- Sandra. Yeah, call, it's scary town. Call the authorities. Call Sandra. your mom. Yeah. And and then she'll tell you to call the authorities. Like uh-huh. you need to mm-hmm. get your goldfish and go back to Texas for a couple of months. Like if any of you HBs ever find yourself in this situation, you can just just send me a Facebook message. You know yeah, how please. to find me. Just just we will help you out of this mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's there for a little bit. I think they do a little bit of smooching, a little bit of arguing about, like, tell oh, me wait, anything I'm about sorry. you. <laughs> wait. Uh, no, new red flag. As they're smooching, 
Mm-hmm. He starts demanding things. Now let's let's be let's be totally uh, transparent about uh, some things real quick. I am totally cool with some consensual power play. I am all about the tell me blah blah blah. Short of like call me daddy or call me mommy, we all know I won't play like that. <laughs> but he very intensely, as she's pushed up against a door, is like. Tell me that you need me. Tell me that you need me. Like, say it, say it, say it. And she's like, why should I do that? I don't, I don't think I should do that. I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I need you. And I love the fact that she's like, oh, okay. I really feel like we need to take a step back here. Oh, no. Because that's the other thing. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, I've waited so long for this. Yep. Nope. (laughs) Nope. No, and she's call like, call the police. Um, call the police. Like, like, like six hours or three days, because that's the last time we kissed, or the last two years that you've been my waiter. Like, right. define so long for me here, mm-hmm. you creep tard. Mm-hmm. So scary. Yeah. Mm. So then his There's parole a officer knock busts on in. the door, and his parole officer comes in and is like, "Oh, you want to tell me about the other day where you got in some kind of altercation outside of the restaurant?" And blah 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 blah. So she finds out that that's his parole officer. She plays it cool in front of the actually I I think it's probation officer. Yeah, it is probation. I assume so. Okay. Could have been a parole officer cuz he's been to federal prison. No one worry about that. So No. He so she plays it cool in front of him, but then she promptly leaves uh to gather her thoughts about the whole situation here's here was the big red flag for me more so than the tell me you need me bullshit oh no i'm sorry i i do have to apologize to everyone it wasn't tell me you need me it was say you're mine oh yeah yeah that, and then that she says why me. should i say that and then he said because it's true Mm-mm. no i'm not super sure about that yeah. okay what you Aaron. she's going down the stairs and she starts hearing crashes uh-huh so she has to leave because she needs to like figure out her her thoughts on the probation officer situation wait real quick here's the other thing i love about sandra before she leaves she's like this probably isn't working and he's like yeah you're probably right and so like they she sort of accidentally prompts him to break up with her sort of thing mm-hmm. and she looks at him and she's like, I just wanted to say that you're not unbalanced. I know unbalanced and you're not it. You are strange. You do strange things. You say strange things. But I think it's because no one ever taught you that those things are strange. Mm-hmm. Like when you told me that I was beautiful the first time at the show. And definitely the thing you did when you put my hand on your, she didn't want to say boner. <laughs> and she goes, but I liked it. I liked all of it. Yeah. I like you a lot. And then she opens the door and starts going down the stairs. And that is when he starts mauling his apartment to death. Mm-hmm. That is a unbalanced thing to do. That is unhinged. That, is, that shows a, a deficit of emotional maturity. Just don't do it. And, and an inability and to like process problems. your feelings without physical action emotional that maturity. could... Well, no, no, no. And but I'm saying like <clears throat> physical action on things mm-hmm. can very, very quickly escalate to physical things being thrown at people Mm -hmm. and then escalate even more quickly to physical acts on another person. Like all of these things are really concerning to me. Mm -hmm. And I sort of didn't know how to deal with it. But I also understood her, her perspective of like being so attracted to him, even with all those things. A lot of women have been there. 
I have been there. You see the red flags, but you're like, we can overcome this. And Mm -hmm. all right. So the next thing that happens is this woman comes and meets her at work and says, Mm. hi, I'm, I think she says she's from the NSA. She does. Um, And she's like, I'm the person that's assigned to Alex's case. I want to talk to you. It seems like you're his girlfriend. You should know that he's a dangerous guy. You shouldn't be with him. I'd really like you to talk to me. Yeah. And she leaves her her card sandra is very like stonewalling this woman because she doesn't know and i think she does the right thing here for sandra um yeah. i'm not saying like in general the right thing i'm not this has nothing to do with no, be, oh, Jesus. i'm just saying as a romance character she's she's doing a good thing and kind of like stepping back and like uh mm-hmm. assessing the situation takes her card sandra comes from the perspective of not wanting to give the nsa a blank check which as a citizen of the united states i understand I... But we don't have to talk about that. I'm moving on. Next. So, okay. So the next thing that happens is... She gets her friend to go to dinner, right? Yeah. She takes Thomas. Thomas is a lovely side character. He started as a Friday night date and is the only one who ended up being her friend. He is also the adult psychiatrist that she has been sending all of her dates to. Right. Hilarious. So she has a standing Saturday afternoon lunch with him. So she goes to Saturday afternoon lunch and she's like, Thomas, I'd really like for you to go to the Indian restaurant with me on a date so that I have an excuse to go back there. She's really not interested in dating anyone else right now. She's interested in Alex. Yeah. But she needs an excuse to go back there because she can't call him because he Uh doesn't have a phone. Yeah. So she's like, okay, Friday night, we're going to go. So she takes Thomas over there. Alex comes to take her order or whatever and then just takes her hand and drags Ron out of that restaurant. I drags uh-huh. is probably, but he's just like, no, but he's come like, with me if you going, want to live. And she's basically. like, okay, and just uh-huh. leaves Thomas. Poor Thomas, just sitting there, stuck with the bill, stuck with. He the- knew he knew what he was doing, and they hadn't ordered yet. Because True. remember, you know, so he just he just ended up at dinner by himself. Also, Alex was not working at this time. So he goes out to the dumpster and he's like, give me your purse. Give me your phone. Give me your watch. Give me all of your electronics. Give me your coat, which I personally was like, go fuck yourself in a Chicago winter or any winter, frankly. Mm -hmm. I will not give you my coat, sir. Never. Mm -hmm. Um, She gets to keep her hat and her scarf because she made those and he's very impressed with it. So then he starts taking her through back alleys and over two fences uh, and into a pub and then like shoves her into a broom closet. Let's talk about being an accomplice. Let's talk about how awful this is going to look on every security it's camera really that they It's really fucking scary. I know. So they end up yeah. in the supply closet. Um, I see that from some perspective, this may be sexy to someone. It's just not sexy to me. <laughs> in the supply closet, he tells her, Okay, because the whole time she's just been like, tell me one fact about you. Where are you from? Who are your parents? Do you have siblings? Like anything. What do you, what's the deal with all the books? What's the deal with the electronics? Like he won't tell her anything. So she's in the supply closet with him and he's like, all right, here's the deal. I'm a computer hacker. I'm being followed by all these agencies. Um, I went to federal prison when I was 15 for computer hacking. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why aren't you in federal prison now? And he's Mm -hmm. like, they let me out of prison because they know I won't help them unless I'm out of prison. Which rang really weird to me. That doesn't seem like how any government agency works. I feel 
just as a layperson in the world that your common sense intuitions are correct. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> because I was like, what? <laughs> what? In what world would they be like, hello, criminal? Uh-huh, I yeah. need something from you. And so I'm just going to let you out of yeah. jail. Yeah. And then That's just not... follow you relentlessly with one agent forever. Mm, yeah, that doesn't... Mm-mm. I just feel like the way... Uh, this is just personal Aaron McCarthy, just just me personally. I just feel like it's uh, you're going to get information a lot easier by saying, you're in jail, Alex. Would you like to get out? <laughs> the, the only way out of here is this. Just feel like you don't let him out and then be like... I, let him out with no contingencies. Like, nothing. you may be let out if you give us this first. That yeah, would make more for, sense. Except for, like, a weak-ass probation officer who he can throw out of his apartment at any given time and just be like, <laughs> go. I, yeah. That didn't makes sense to me so in this thing he says that he will give her answers but he needs some kind of a promise from her (gasps) that she's is it okay are you okay yes i'm good i just i hate this melody's body just completely curled (laughs) in on itself like every finger like just everything became like a tiny ball of like maybe you know when a spider gets afraid and just becomes a teeny tiny little ball of all its mm-hmm. limbs that's what that's what I'm melody a roly poly yeah he yeah roly poly <laughs> you're very you're you have a lot of limbs though so i saw i, I saw like I the do. spider so um he wants some commitment from her that they're going to be together boyfriend girlfriend wise if he's going to tell her things which from his perspective, I kind of understand because he believes that if he tells her anything more about his life, he will have trapped her in a situation where Correct. she's faced with um, being Knowing faithful things. to him or lying to the U.S. government. I mean, mm. he he really would be putting her into a very compromising position if he told her things and himself as well, because once he lets these things out, they may go, they may fly right back through her to the NSA if she is right. cooperating with this agent. I get it. But from her perspective, I don't know. So he wants three months of he wants boyfriend. Six months. He wants six months. They negotiate down to three yeah. for her to be his his girlfriend and for them to go on dates and have sexual intercourse. No, no, mm-hmm. that's incorrect. That is incorrect. All no. right, all right. He stipulates that they have to see each other three times a week for no less than three hours each time. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. I don't know that I see my husband that much waking. Like during waking hours, <laughs> let alone like yeah. going out and doing things that aren't that aren't part of of cohabitating. Like that's right. a lot. Okay, but then I can't remember if it's him or her, but she somebody's like, I want to spend the night. Yeah, she she's very like, yes. but why get to bone you, right? Because that's what she's in it for still at this point. Yeah. She's just like, but I get to have sex with your Olympic swimmer body, right? right. Like that's going to happen. And he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, yes, I will spend the night. Uh-huh. So then they kiss more and blah, blah, blah. And then he takes her through all the back alleys back to the Indian restaurant. And it is still a mess. Yeah. So the next date they do is they go to the art museum and they walk around and they look at paintings and she's very impressed by his knowledge of paintings. He's very impressed by she used to like go have lunch there and stuff. That was really cute to him. It was also very cute to me. And then after that, they go have sushi. First, he tells her he's never had sushi before, which kind of blows her mind, probably because he was in prison for most of his youth, whatever. And also foster care before that. I don't know many foster parents who are like, would you like some eel? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so she he eats eel and that freaks him out. They notice that they're being followed. Also, may I just say that it's conveyor belt sushi. 
my mm-hmm. favorite kind. <laughs> you know, I've never done that, actually, the conveyor belt thing. Dude, come be a bear with me. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, does that mean you're eating salmon and just watching it come in your ah. mouth? <laughs> <laughs> that is my animal, so maybe I should. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they notice that, like, an agent or somebody is in the is in the restaurant, so they start passing notes on napkins. No, they start passing notes with condensation on the table. Yeah, that's They too. write with water on the table. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. So they go back to her apartment. Under the contingency that are, there is, quote-unquote, no talking, which I was all about. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So they go back to her place. They start making out in the entryway. Mm-hmm. And then she guides them back somehow to her bedroom. They lay down on the bed. They are making out. They're crazy making out. They're doing all the making out. And then they start dry humping and she climaxes. Mm-hmm. And she is incredibly shocked about the fact that she climaxes with no like skin to skin contact at all. Right. Then he takes a cold shower uh-huh. and lays with her and mm-hmm. then disappears in the night like Darkwing Duck. Like Darkwing Duck. And he writes her this note that she finds in the morning uh-huh. that is what I would call a good note. I feel like it it's will. a good one. Yeah. He, uh, he, mm, he says he needs to see her, that she's exquisitely beautiful. Last night, he says, last night, beneath me, you were celestial. (laughs) Thoughts of you will keep me warm. Thoughts of you keep me too warm. Right now, I feel close to spontaneous incineration. I burn. I hurt. It's just so, mm. Uh So, okay. So he asked her to write him a note, uh, leave it with Mr. Patel. They're going to set up their next. He also asks her to destroy the note. And she's like, my note? I could never. So she doesn't. Doesn't. Yeah. And then later on in the book, guess who's read the note? The NSA. There you go, Sandra. There you go. That's what happens when you don't destroy your note. That's right. Okay. So then the next date, they go to the Field Museum. Yes. Yes. And he knows. So Mr. Patel, who's his boss at the Indian restaurant, knows somebody Mm -hmm. who knows somebody who can get him into the museum. The Field Museum, like after hours. Yeah. And so they have some kind of like picnic dinner that he's planned. Mm. It's very sweet in front of the um, man eating Savo lions. In fact, I keep saying Savo lions. The note here is the man eating lions of Mufue, Mufue, what they have in the book. But in the field, it's definitely the Savo lions. They had made a whole movie about it. So I don't know. Maybe it's the same lions. But. Listen. Is that the one with Matt Damon where he raises the lions forever and they become I think friends. what you're thinking about is we bought a zoo. Interesting. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't remember lions eating anyone there. Oh, I'm talking about a uh, Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas movie uh, oh. that takes place in Africa. It's about uh, killing those lions. And the only reason I know about it is that I skated to the music of that movie. Um, yeah, I could sing it for you right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> can you can you do a, a skating arabesque yeah. as well while you sing it? Uh-huh, yeah, I don't know what a skating right arabesque is, but uh, I I know you could do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll post a picture. Um, so Aaron, I can't believe you're not coming at me with your with your really I'm going to say it pretentious way of correcting me on all skating language. <laughs> I'm sorry. What you mean? There's no such thing as an arabesque in figure skating. What you're oh, looking for is a spiral. Um, oh, I, yeah, that's what I was looking for. I was I've been looking for years, <laughs> and I just found it. Arabesque Excellent. is a ballet term. So there you go. Yeah. I know um, that. <clears throat> so at this dinner is where. 
she learns that he is womp, a schmurgeon. A virgin. I'm like, <laughs> stop it. Like, I don't mean to, like, I, I feel like I'm kind of like reverse slut shaming. I don't want to shame anyone about their sexual history. It's fine if you're out there and you're a male virgin. I just want you out of my romance novels. Just like, stop. <laughs> stop it. Get them out of my, the, I don't, black virgins. Like, I just don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm sorry. Get out of here. The end. Erin, I feel like this is some deep-seated issue. What's happening? Have you ever dated a virgin? I have not. No, I have not. Well, I did once. <laughs> Listener, we're peeling back the layers. We're learning things together. No, I don't want to Tell talk me about all it. about it, Erin McCarthy. I don't want to talk about it. What happened? But what if somebody... Li- so here's, th- here's what I did to this poor man. Mm-hmm. Is he was saving himself for marriage, which was is whatever. It's admirable what he had beliefs i don't know i they weren't (laughs) beliefs that i had no i hear you i hear you but i did to him what high school boys do to high school girls which you fumbled his bra straps (laughs) you uh, you thought that wilted roses were the most uh (laughs) romantic thing in the whole wide world no No, that that can't be it i dated him you thought that the back of a pickup truck was incredibly comfortable when you put all your weight on top of another person. Is that what you did? <laughs> You've got to put, if you're going to do the pickup this truck thing, you got to put like some blankets and stuff down. No, I didn't do that. Like I, seven blankets yeah. and a sleeping bag. Like yeah. cushion that shit up. No, I'm boys. better than that, Melody. Interesting. Tell no, me. Tell me what you I'm did better then. than that. So what I did was <laughs> I dated him for a did little bit. Did you open his milk for him? <laughs> elementary school (laughs) in fact this wasn't even in high school the example i gave was like what high school boys do to high school girls but this was after high school brief Mm -hmm. like shortly after high school that i dated this man but no i dated him for a period of months and attempted to get him to put out and then when he (laughs) wouldn't i soundly dumped him (laughs) that's what i did i was like oh it's gonna be like this problem with that because yeah. because here's the thing if your if your philosophies don't match you're not meant to be together yeah. it's just going to create more relational strife so yeah. ditch it ditch it while when you have to exactly he's happily i'm sure married so it's fine i know that was <laughs> terrible of me <laughs> i'm not going to say it wasn't okay so she actually finds out that he's a virgin as she's attempting to get him up to Quinn's spyproof apartment right he doesn't want to go and she's like, okay, why do you not want to go because you don't want to be emotionally intimate with me? Or do you not want to be physically intimate with me? And he and he's like, both. And she's like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Are you a virgin? And so. So I don't think we talked about before. This is like she's found this apartment that her friend has that's like security proof. So they would be able to talk in there. And she's arranged that they could go there. The first part in the Knitting in the City series is um, Neanderthal meets human, and that is Quinn and Janie. Quinn owns a private security company, and that's whose apartment this is. Yeah, I'm excited for Uh, that one. I want to read that one. Same. Yeah, so they go to that apartment, correct? Yeah, because she throws a fit, and she's like, fine, then take me home. And he's like, no, this is stupid. I got to talk to you now because you're being demanding. And they go up to the apartment. Yeah. So they go up to the apartment. She learns a few things about Ooh. Alex. Drop um, the knowledge on us, Aaron. 
One thing she learns about Alex is that he's been watching her for months, maybe years. <clears throat> he tells her that when she leaves the dates, that he follows mm-hmm. her home to make sure she arrived at her building safely. To quote unquote, make sure she gets home safely. Nope. No. And I would like to hearken back to the bookmark we put in our first oh. date where he says, I'll get you a cab, which is a lie. He knows that she's not going to take a cab two blocks. Yeah. That's a lie. And then she's like, oh, I live close. And he's like, I'll walk you home. And she's like, no, no, no. I live close enough. I walk home myself. He is just lying to her. Which he is, knows that. It's a double thing. Mm-hmm. I. It's not just that he's creepy. He... I don't know. I just, that upset me a lot. So then they do a little like Bond girl thing, which is really cute. But wait, but wait, I'm sorry. Isn't this the place where like he's, he's saying that she was like so perfect and he talks about like Mm -hmm. listening to their dates because he was so befuddled by it. Yeah. I actually thought all of that was incredibly charming and I was charmed and I didn't know if I like it or not, but it charmed me. He listened to her dates uh, unbeknownst to her, which I've been a waiter before. You can't Mm -hmm. help it a lot of times. Yeah. Here's the thing, You just hear people talk. You want to bitch and moan about the NSA following around and listening to your shit? Why don't you stop listening to women's dates at the restaurant? I'm sorry. Sorry, not right. sorry, Alex. If you want to be Mr. Privacy, fine. But then you can't follow women home to find out where you know, they live. Bitch makes a good point. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yes, they did talk about that, but it made me so mad that I couldn't. Yeah, I okay. hear that. Um, so then they talk about the meeting she had with Agent Bell, uh, who's the mm-hmm. NSA person. Um, they discussed that a little bit, and that upsets him a lot that the, the NSA is kind of getting into her business. And then he takes her home. Yeah. I think that's yeah. It. She's and I love this about oh, wait, her because she's wait, like, wait, 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 well, wait. if I'm not, oh, go ahead. I wanted to say they oh, do the this bond little girl, bond, bond thing, girl. and he's like, she's like, hello, Mister Bond. She curses in German. She does a lot of German stuff, so she's like talking to him in like kind of broken German, and she's like, don't tell me you don't know who James Bond is, and he's like, yeah, I know who James Bond is, and he's like, what's your Bond girl name? Or she volunteers it's it. So good. Her Bond girl name is Sookie von Cockenkunt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is the other thing I forgot to mention at the top. Her version of cursing is yelling Schitzerhosen, which I don't think is a curse. But then my favorite is instead of like, fuck, she says, Bukaki. Yeah, Uh, there was she said what the German word was for uh, stress eating, which now I can't find. Oh, it it translates. And it translates to grief bacon. (laughs) So good. It's so good. Sorry, I was banging on the table when I laughed about that one. You don't have to edit that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> so listener. good. Okay. <clears throat> so then after that date, um, Agent Bell comes again to see her at work. Uh, mm-hmm. Agent Bell then takes her away from work, clears it with her boss or whatever, and is like, I need to interview you. And interrogates her. <laughs> you th- she does not interrogate her. Agent Bell no, is I like know. the worst fucking interrogator in the history of time. She's just like, <laughs> she hey, really girl, is. what's up? Did you know these yeah. things about him? Oh, Do you're you not going to tell you Bye. all the things? Oh, my God. She's terrible. I don't know how she got hired by anybody ever. The end. Okay, yeah. But here's my here's my thing about this interview. Here's my Here's my layperson thing. If you are watching a a person of interest, or I would almost call him an asset be- because of the way that he frames himself, you are watching this person. In this interview, Agent Bell divulges that um, they think he's still hacking. Mm-hmm. Then she asks Sandra how long they've known each other. And mm-hmm. Sandra's like, two years. 
And Agent Bell gets this shocked look on her face. Control your shit, Agent Bell. So first of all, control your shit. But second of all, I'm sorry. I will. I refuse to believe that if the NSA is watching an asset or a person of interest, hoping that they can trip him up about something and thinking that he is still hacking there is no fucking way they're not seeing a w- the same woman come into the same restaurant at the same time. And then he follows twice her Twice a month. And then he follows her home. Twice a month, yes. To be waited on by him. And then he follows her home. And they're not going to look into her. Like, if you think he has an accomplice, why? How did you not check out this woman who sees him more than twice a month? And he is obviously interested in. I don't understand. <laughs> Your common sense suspicions are noted, <laughs> and I am moving on. So she asks him about Bitcoin. She asks her about uh, Bitcoins. What do you know about Bitcoins? Sure. They think that Alex knows whoever invented the Bitcoins. I know we're really long. But can I tell you a story? Yeah, yeah. I don't care. If I'm this sorry. Is long. Um, I mean, it's so, going to be the third one in a row that's yeah, really long. Whatever. So I'm People sorry, don't listener. People seem to be complaining. I don't know. I know. So. Um, my boyfriend and I have a dog, a uh, rooster, and I think because we don't have any children, uh, sometimes we make up stories about her past Ooh, I love and, it. and her current uh, situation. One of the things. That... <laughs> so if we made up like a job that she had and like she filed for bankruptcy, like, I'm sorry, it's, it's really, really sad, but it is what it is. But one of the things she does for a living is that she invented uh, bitch coins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cryptocurrency for old female dogs. <laughs> and then, um, she will sometimes. <laughs> oh God! So she has some social media accounts that she just she will send me messages from and tell me that I owe her money and that I need to pay her in bitcoins. <laughs> Oh my um, God. And one Bitcoin is approximately $1 million because they're so overvalued. <laughs> and I just want to be clear. I don't have like a social media account for my dog that like, you know how people are like, this is uh, yeah. whatever. The this is Ross account. Instagram. No, this is like just a private thing that we send messages back and forth to be funny. <laughs> but um, anyway, this whole time I was like, well, I know the inventor of Bitcoin. It's a snaggletooth <laughs> abomination named Rooster. It's a cryptocurrency <laughs> for old female dogs. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. um all right, yes. so she gets out of there without revealing literally anything to yeah, this NSA agent. she does pretty agent. good. Yeah, she does and pretty yet, good because this agent is terrible. Well, and this agent just tells her all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's and a lot of information. Bye. Yeah. So um, then, so then they go that, on the date where he takes her to some warehouse concert uh, where Robot Mafia is playing. That's where she gets called the thermos. We kind of already talked about yeah. it at the top of the episode. And then he does some weird controlling shit and she freaks out. And yeah. I was into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he starts touching her all over because they're dancing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're going to have to stop that because you've already told me you're not putting out. And right. I like it's mean. It's mean. It's a mean mm-hmm. thing to do. And he goes, I'm going to touch you wherever I want, whenever I want, and you're going to let me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, get the fuck off of me. I got to go. I mean. Which I appreciated. Yeah. That's one reaction to it. I kind of thought that was a little bit sexy. 
just in a in a vacuum. But like knowing this guy is just like a straight up terrorist, I was like, yeah, no, I, I did not. Here's my thing. No, wait. Here's my thing. Again, I am totally for some consensual power play. Yeah, but she was not into it, which is good. And then she left. Well, but that's also like when you know you are going to um, get something out of it. Like he's going to rev her up and then leave her at home by mm-hmm. herself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just it's fucking rude. It's rude. Don't do mm-hmm. that if you know. I mean, yeah. Ugh. So he walks her home then. And the next date is that Cloud City date, I think, where she's like, all right, I'm going to seduce the hell out of you and we're going to do this. Right. Well, because then he doesn't he leave for a week. Is that where he leaves for a week? Because Cloud City date is after he leaves for a week. Yeah. So he goes away. Yeah. He sends her notes that are Mm -hmm. like, I can't. I'm going to be gone for a while. I have to miss our next couple of dates. So meet me at Cloud City at our normal time on Saturday or something. Mm -hmm. And um all throughout this time, she's been talking about figs because mm-hmm. figs look like vaginas. <laughs> yeah, when so you she cut them in half. this dinner that's like uh, all vagina foods. It's like oysters, yes. figs, none of them go together. She's just like, <laughs> she wears the red dress. She's like, we're uh-huh. doing this tonight. I do not that's care. Right. He's too hot. We're doing it. So she makes this date to kind of like uh, seduce him. And if I'm not mistaken, he's already told her that if they do it, it's forever, right? That's the problem. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that I was like, girl, I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah. Because he's definitely told you that he will never, ever, quote unquote, like, leave you alone. You'll mm-hmm. never be rid of me, is mm-hmm. what he says. Yeah. And after after the, the sort of stalking and after the cell phone battery thing and after all the things, you'll never be rid of me yeah. is not a sexy thing in no, my mind. No, there's a lot of talk about, like, trapping her. Like, he Ooh. wants to trap her, but he also doesn't. I'm just like, yeah. ugh. Um, when he shows so up he at this comes, date, his hair is normal. A, it's not in a mohawk a anymore. Um, it was a faux hawk. I can't even say that out mohawk. loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> I when right, I when G-man. I read that it was a faux hawk, I was just like, it's not that I'm a G man. It's that like if you're gonna commit, commit. Like he's he's gonna be this 21 year old hacker out in the world that only wears black and works at an Indian restaurant. Get a mohawk. Like eh, why fair. do you why do you need like a a semi professional look? Anyway, fair. whatever. Um, so they he start shows up making out. Well, they after eat. After dinner. Yeah, they eat. Yeah. Um, he starts kissing her and he says, I'm obsessed. Uh, it's not healthy and I don't care and I love you. And she's just oh. like, huh, what? <laughs> um, and she's like, stop, stop, explain yourself. And he said, and this is, I can't tell, you tell me if this is sexy or not. I honestly can't tell. <laughs> He says, she says, stop, and and then it says this. He didn't exactly stop. Instead, he brought me with him away from the wall by wrapping his arms around my back and legs and lifting me from the ground like I weighed less than nothing. And then she, this is internal monologue in italic, she says, must not zing at caveman display. Must not zing at caveman display. Must, period, not, period, zing. Yeah, she does it like five times, and then she's like, zing, all caps. Um... And then on top of it all, he said as he carried me to the bedroom, Sandra, I love you. I'm completely and hopelessly in love with you. And I'm not waiting anymore for what I want, for what is mine. And then he kissed me all over, over and over and over. And I was just like, that's kind no, of sexy, hot. but also kind no, of not. that's definitely like, hot. But like mm-hmm. I, the mine language, I just cannot. No, no, no. The mine, yeah. I mean, that has to be in a very particular kind of relationship that is um, incredibly egalitarian outside of the bedroom in mm-hmm. order for it to work for me. 
yeah, I don't know, it's tough. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole thing up until that point, yeah. Especially since I I wonder sometimes because the consent boner, there's a little bit of wiggle room, right? Uh-huh. Like yeah, I, I know I can and, totally and the mind understand. language is what bothers me, I think. Fair, fair. But I can totally understand that moment where your mouth parts are saying <laughs> stop, but like the rest of your body is saying and like, you know, like even your voice is saying like, oh, but I really like it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know. I don't um, mind. I don't I didn't mind it in that context. So they're having this discussion about like she's like, You understand, like I want monogamy, and he's like, Yep. And she's like, I want yep. marriage. Babies. And he's like, Yeah, I'm good with it. Like they're having this like very quick, like, um, mm-hmm. uh lifetime talk here. Mm-hmm. And um she says she's like unzipping his pants. And yeah. she's like, I can't believe I'm zipping his pants right now. It's like crazy. And yet I didn't stop. And yet I didn't stop. <laughs> and she says, you proposed to push me off this cliff, kicking and screaming. His hands hiked my dress higher, his fingers reaching and caressing my bare bottom. I bucked against him, the movement instinctual. Quote, yes, but you'll be screaming my name. She says. It's so good. She says, not likely, virgin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so um they have quick male virgin sex no they don't no they don't it's pretty take it back quick. it's pretty no quick. i mean it is but wait but wait but wait here's the best part he doesn't know because apparently he doesn't know about dicks like i don't i don't understand a hacker who's never watched porn <laughs> but like <laughs> i don't I don't understand how he doesn't know that he's a magnum because guess what, everyone? I, I know it's going to shock you, but the hero in this novel has the giantest elephant dick that ever dicked. Uh-huh. And he shows up with regular sized condoms mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit. And so he's like, well, fuck this. And he brings her over to the side of the bed and he goes down on her until she climaxes, which at this point she's so sexually frustrated. She climaxes within about five seconds. Quick. And then... He's like, we can do a lot of other stuff. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, 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 go get the bag. Because she, smartly, she brought she is, condoms. She, no, so she brought all the sizes of condoms. Condom, yeah. mm-hmm. And so she's like, grab the magnums, put them on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they have really quick male version sex. And then it fades out the next two experiences, which pissed me off. Because you want to know what I don't want to read in a, a romance novel? Quick male version sex period. Mm-hmm. I would like to read the realistic quick male virgin sex and then I want to read five minutes later when he, this 21-year-old horse mm-hmm. gets back on the racetrack and <laughs> they have real sex. Like mm-hmm. I would have liked to have read the two sexual encounters after that because she alludes to them being satisfying. I personally was not ma- satisfied by the quick male virgin sex that I saw on the page. And to be fair, oh, she sorry, says she's not rant? like, oh, he's he's amazing. She's like, the motion no. of the ocean definitely needed work, but size does matter, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the end of the novel is he has supposedly made a deal with the NSA uh, where he's going to give them this skeleton key to the Bitcoin or something. I don't know what he's going to do. No, can I just he is, can I take over here, please? Yeah. Okay. So she ends up in a car randomly with Quinn, the security man, and Fiona, her friend who felled the bodybuilder, uh, who works for State, I believe. In this bulletproof car, Fiona decides to say to Sandra that she doesn't... <laughs> work for state she actually is some sort of cia something something i don't know she doesn't really say but then she's like i'm a spy which is bullshit no spy has ever said those words in the history of time 
Um, to be fair, Quinn said she was a spy. Fair. And Fiona she said didn't, nothing. She didn't. Yeah. But she didn't say go. anything about it. Because I guess Fiona likes getting fired. And then right. Fiona also. And, and imprisoned. I yeah. feel imprisoned. I feel like. I don't. No. Nobody knows. Fiona. Aaron certainly does. Fiona also, from her <laughs> job at state, or C- I can't figure out if the state job is a cover or she used to work for the CIA. I'm not really sure. But from whatever job that is not at the NSA, she has somehow, quote unquote, pulled his file, which is not a thing. You can't. Right. That's not. It doesn't matter what clearance you have. You can't just pull people's files. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. I assume. So she can't she can't just do that. And then she's like, yeah, I read about him and we're going to me and Quinn, the private security man, which I'm just like, come on, I roll. We're going to No, he has connections that that. he can leverage. I don't know. I haven't read the book, but like no private security. I don't know. Quinn, the mall cop. Um, is gonna do. I don't know. I saw Punisher. Did you see Punisher? <laughs> I saw Punisher, but I'm just saying he's a private. He seemed like he had person. some connections. He has no. I don't know. So they're <laughs> gonna cut a deal with the NSA. I don't know where a like, better deal, a good deal where he, where Alex gives them some information, but in exchange they're gonna leave leave Sandra alone, which is ridiculous because but the first, deal. Yes. Oh, the, yeah, I'm getting first, there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, good, good. but the deal you cut, I assume, is. Hey, Alex, you give us whatever we want and you don't have to go to prison. No, we're not leaving your girlfriend alone. Like, I just don't understand right. this deal. It doesn't make sense from a common sense layperson perspective. So then. Right. We're about to have another segment called Law and Order with Aaron. Dong, dong. Um, Fiona tells uh, Sandra that to effectuate this deal and to make sure everything's okay, that her and she and Alex have to get married right away to make sure that. She can't testify against Alex. Not a thing, guys. There's a lot of reasons why it's not a thing, um, but it's not. It's that's not a thing. Don't get married to people so you don't have to testify against them. Communication. That they can't be compelled to testify. Fair. They can. They can be compelled like to you testify can if you want to. Yeah, yeah, you can if you want to. But also, they can put you on the stand. The only thing that's privileged is communications within marriage. So everything he right. said to her up until now, she can talk it's about. Totally game. And everything she observes in the marriage—that's not a communication. She can be compelled to mm-hmm. talk about. And also, any marriage that's made solely for this purpose is null and void, which I'm pretty sure they could prove is because this conversation is currently happening. Um, <laughs> So, sorry, you're probably going to testify against him, uh, Sandra and Fiona. Just Google the law. Like, just go to a Wikipedia page, you quote-unquote CIA ninja. I don't know. I I have no interest in reading anything Sandra – or, I'm sorry, anything Fiona does because of this conversation. I was just like, what are you? Treasonous. Married romance. Married yeah, romance. Okay. I'm going to read it. <laughs> We'll enjoy reading about this traitor to the United States government. I shall. Okay. Um, after you read it, tell me if I, I would like it. Because I do kind of want to read it. Okay. So then, um, yeah. So then they get married and everything. They get they married the on a boat. She's wearing the, the most perfect Sandy at the end of Greece outfit 
She's wearing pleather pants and the the red halter top that he got a, a super boner for. She has a shirt for him that says, I married Sandra Fielding and all I got was the stupid t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It has a tuxedo print on it. Yeah, it's good. And they all live happily ever after. And they I do. really, really, really enjoyed it. And I will say that this couple appears in the next book, which is, again... Beauty and the Mustache, best book ever written. Mm. And they are adorable in it. No, they really are cute once I just don't think in real life this would ever work out. But, you know. Oh, and you know what? Punchline, you know those three stories about the dad and the brother and the... And all of them were fucking true. So... Every single one of them got mind game fuck. And now he wants her (sighs) to not help him psychologically which also like this marriage isn't gonna work guys like i know it's gonna work in the fantasy world but in real life no way sorry yeah i mean here's my thing the only thing that i really have a hard time with is just that i get really worried about adding to just the cultural shit pile that is here are all the red flags but your love can overcome it. Like right. Beauty and the Beast, showing Beauty and the Beast to really young girls, I think mm-hmm. is not the best choice unless you use that as like a teaching moment. Like I didn't like the amount of times that I was just rooting for them to be together and have everything be happily ever after because he stalked her the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't yeah, know. In, in real life, it just feels really dangerous yeah. and it feels like something that would turn into an incredibly abusive situation mm-hmm. that I I sort of don't know how to reconcile. He's going to break all the things in her apartment. Yeah, I really liked them, though, and I really liked them together. Yeah, don't eat I us, really sharks. Liked... Uh, we... <laughs> Sorry. I, I enjoyed this book so much, and there is a little piece of my feminist soul that wonders if I... She's massaging her scalp right now as she says... <laughs> The, well, see, the funny thing is, like, my feminist soul probably would have had all those red flags if not for, like... If your like, government soul... Allegedly. <laughs> like, I just... Allegedly. Do you have a lady love? <sighs> I do. Okay. I, this is more of a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do situation, and, and it's also a reminder to myself. I stay hydrated, HBs. I have not been doing that, and, like, every time I remember and I go to take a sip of water, it feels like all of my cells are awakening, <laughs> and... I don't I just I know that my skin would look a lot better if I was sleeping more and uh being better hydrated and I just feel like you can you can do it with me we can do it together can I say that my my partner is the most hydrated man in the history of time he drinks like three gallons of water (laughs) a day and that's not exaggeration like six 30 ounce Nell jeans a day. Like it's insane how much more than that. I shouldn't even say that. That is more than that. Oh like God. sometimes he just stands at the sink and refills pints of water and just chugs them. And he's like, I need to hydrate. And anytime I'm like, oh gosh, I think I have a headache. He's like, you have not been, I have been watching your water consumption today. And you have only had like two glasses of water. You need to hydrate. He's very into hydrating more than anyone I've ever known. Um, so I Does he pee a lot? Probably. I don't know. I don't uh, monitor that. But I'm sure when he does, it's clear and copious. <laughs> uh, Is that what he says? No, that's, that's that your pee needs no, to be that's clear a, and that's copious. That's an army term. Uh, the nope, army I'm is sorry. also very big on hydration. In in nope in my brain forever. I, it's I have a I no. have a vision of David saying you should be clear and copious. No, um, that's an army term. Aaron, will you marry me and be clear and copious <sighs> for the rest of our lives? God, that's like actually a feasible proposal. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so I'm I'm actually more hydrated than I've ever been. I don't know. My lady it, love girl. is the thing that made me most happiest over the last two weeks and made me so like renewed in my soul was the book Beauty and the Mustache by Mary. <laughs> Sorry, it was so good. <laughs> Just read it. Read it ahead because the thing is, I'm, I'm going the only to. I've already person I know it. who's read it, and I don't have anyone to talk to about it. And I don't want to go on the shark page and be like, "Hey, have you guys read Beauty and the Mustache?" Because they will be like. <laughs> Go fuck yourself and get out of our group. So I just, mm-hmm. I just want somebody to talk to you about it. Yeah, no problem. So um, we have to stop apologizing for episodes being so long because I think this is just this is just how now. it's going to be, guys. I'm sorry. No, we'll, we're we are going to try. We are going to try. We just have so many things to say. So if we read another book that has a quick plot, we'll be able to do it in under an hour. It's true. Um, but yeah, keep being a badass. Love yourself as much as you love. I don't know, compromising the national security of the United States. Okay. (laughs) Keep being a badass (laughs) and love yourself as much as you love. Staying clear and copious together for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Best marriage proposal ever. Good job, David. (laughs) Good job, David. No, that's not what it was. (laughs) No, that's the mythos. That's the heaving bosoms mythos. David's most romantic proposal ever. All right. We have canon now, apparently. (laughs) All right, well, I love you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.